this week on Give Me Some Truth. We talk with Scott McDonald, clerk of Dane County, about election security, elections and social media, and badgers in local government. Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth podcast here from the corner of Monroe and, and Glenway. We're joined by uh, Scott McDonald, who is uh, a fellow forward Madison soccer fan. We were just uh, kind of chatting about that off air. But in his uh, day job uh, is the Dane County clerk, and uh, it's uh, election season here in 2020. And we're not going to talk about uh, sort of the specifics of who's running and, and politics in that way. Uh, although, Scott, you are running for re-election in, in 2020. I am on the November ballot. Yeah. And so this is, uh, and you've been uh, Dane County Clerk now for eight years, yeah, almost eight years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what what was your your background in politics that got you into this kind of role? And and tell us a little bit about the role of of county clerk. Well, my you know, both my parents worked in county government, and when I was a kid, I used to go to the county conventions and be stuck in the back of meeting rooms. Apparently, I was paying more attention than I realized. So <laughs> later on, I learned um, by osmosis. Yeah, I was talked into running for county board by Mark Pocan. He was leaving the county board. I lived downtown. And so uh, I ran for county board. I won that seat. And I served on the county board for 18 years. And I was county board chair for eight, the last eight. And then I had kind of, you know, that had run its course. And the county clerk position came up and I was ready to do something more specific instead of general and it's been it's been a really interesting job and and challenging and what's really challenging are these no are these presidential years and that's where we're at now so as far as the count what the county clerk does you know it, you know a lot of it is elections um we also record everything that happens in county government so all the minutes and the agendas um we do licenses the the vast majority of them are, are marriage licenses but we do other kinds of licenses as well so it's sort of a little bit of everything. And if I remember correctly, that was one of your favorite days as as county clerk was when uh, gay marriage was was uh, legalized in Wisconsin, and you had everybody kind of up and running and ready to go and and marry people on that day. Yeah, we had a little window there. We weren't sure how long it was going to be where the judge Crab had stricken down the prohibition on same sex marriage, but it was still in her court and we uh i decided that we were just going to start marrying couples right away so we were ready for that and we did in within a few days we had done 3 300 couples oh wow that's yeah. uh, that's impressive so so really it's it's sort of registering all the information it's not who i should call if i'm worried about missing my court date or no. anything like that we we're, do get confused <laughs> for the clerk of court a lot and i i don't know what you do about it but you know some of my employees complain about it but i'm like well they got to call somebody. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, and about how many employees are there in that? Well, we have, there's six people in my office, and then, um, but we, we kind of oversee with elections, there's all the municipal clerks and town clerks. So um, in this year, there's, there's coordinating a lot more people. And so I was reading, you know, one of your editorials about election security, and, and uh, it's kind of interesting because all of the counting of votes uh, for all elections takes place at the county level, right? It does. So, you know, you'll put your ballot in a machine in, in your local, you know, school or wherever your polling place is, and then those results are transmitted in, in different ways, but they're transmitted to the county clerk's office, and then they're aggregated and presented. So, in fact, there's a law that says I have to have the results up within two hours of having received them. So, 
But what's a little unusual for Wisconsin versus other states, then those results are not aggregated at the state level. So um, the AP runs around and, and gets the results and puts them together and adds them together. Oh, wow. So, so how, does, how, does that, you know, how does that play out on election night? You know, it's been that way so long, it actually, you know, people are used to it. So yeah. I always say change is the thing that will mess you up more than anything else. But <laughs> um, we actually debated whether to change that at the state level, and it was viewed as sort of a security measure. It's it's hard to go gather it all up. You have to, if you had it all aggregated at the state level, you could just hack one location. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's better to have it, you know, more secure or dispersed from a security de- uh, standpoint. Persp- persp- yeah. yeah, well, that's what we that's what we tell ourselves. <laughs> well, and, and that was one of the things that uh, kind of prompted me wanting to have you on the podcast because we had talked over the over the summer, I think, at a, a Forward Madison game, a little bit about. Uh, you had, I think, just come back from some cybersecurity training, and you had also presented a little bit on cybersecurity. And and I've seen you've written, you know, uh, editorials on the the topic as well. And what is first of all, what are the the risks that an election faces? Um, you know, from a, a hacking standpoint, um, are, and then what's being done to to handle that um, on you know your level and around the state. And I think one of the things that you know, Madison has to its credit is that it has a very well-funded elections, you know, uh, staff. And, and so mm-hmm. you guys are probably leading the way for other counties in a lot of ways. We are. And I, you know, although we're only as strong as our weakest link, you know, I, I think what I am concerned about is the uneven security profile of all the counties across the state. And a lot of the money has been, you know, there was some federal money allocated for security, a lot of that ended up at the state. If you recall, Scott Walker, you may not remember this, but the election commission asked for a bunch of staff, security staff. Walker vetoed them all. They weren't able to get them back in the budget. And so then, when this money came in, a lot of that money went there. In other states, it went to uh, local government. It didn't mm-hmm. really happen here. Um, and and those online voter registration databases an obvious attack point. So they do need to secure that. That is a legitimate. Um, concern. But the other obvious attack point would be where all the results are totaled. And frankly, not all of the counties um, would stand really much of a chance against a true Russian attack. That being said, you know, the greatest security measure you can have is a paper ballot that you can pull out and count. And Wisconsin, unlike a lot of southern or western states, they do have paper ballots, and we do audit them, and the state audits and, and Dane County audits. So I think the greatest concern we have is just the disinformation, the lack of trust. There can th- be things that happen, um, fake election results put up or, you know, DDoS attacks on, on servers that would, would shake people's confidence. But I, I think within a, within a few days, we would have the actual results. Mm-hmm. Um, I think other states, I, I'm more concerned where they have just touch screens with no paper ballot. But we've spent a lot of money in Dane County trying to make sure we're secure. Um, we've installed what's called an Albert sensor on our, our network, and, in, and it's updated um, in real time by Homeland Security with the latest um, fingerprints of malware that they know about. Uh, 
it's monitored 24-7, which wasn't before. I mean, mm -hmm. if you attacked our network in the middle of the night, um, they might notice it in the morning. And that's that time is critical. Yeah. So. That's that's sort of interesting, uh, especially as we've we've sort of identified geographically where most of the hackers uh, might come from. It, there, there's a time difference, as my uh, clients in Europe are well aware of. You know, I start my day a little earlier uh, for a lot of calls than the guys in the office, so that you know that 24/7 monitoring uh, makes a lot of sense and seems kind of almost a, a common sense. I think we're the need. only ones doing it, though. Wow. Yeah, so, uh, I think I think we need to. You know, and then there's there's just some basic you know things you can do to prevent some obvious attacks. I mean, we say Russia or maybe you know Iran or somebody like that, but but there's a lot of people with the tools to, for example, just overwhelm your network. So if we use a product called Cloudflare. They 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 host our results and they handle Google and everybody else. So. Mm -hmm. If they get attacked, they have a million servers they can spread out to to match mm -hmm. the million, you know, million. So we've been, you know, they do that for free. Um, so we've been, we've been, I feel much better about our position. Mm -hmm. One of the things I get worried about is as we add security, sometimes that change can cause yep. problems. So... It's the law of unintended consequences, right? How one program interacts with another and... Yes. You know, you get... The, the thing about elections is they're kind of complicated and they have to be exact. Mm -hmm. So anything that disturbs a well-worn path is kind of scary. So. And, and you know, uh, how, do you, how do you test stuff? Do you do dry runs of, of elections? Yeah, we, we basically run the entire election, not a full, you know, hundreds of thousands of ballots, but... You know, we make sure every type of ballot is correct. We make sure all the media works. We run it all through in all different ways. Then when we send the media out, when I actually personally deliver it, you know, mm -hmm. to each township, um, they test it. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's there's that. And then, and then, you know, we assume something bad happens at each stage. You know, mm -hmm. it's the... And that principle of assuming that is it really can be what saves you because... Um, like I mentioned, that we audit afterwards. We we pull wards, entire wards, and hand count them in an open meeting. Mm -hmm. um, and then I publish. I, I think I'm the only one that does this. Really, I publish all the ballot image. So every time you put your ballot in the machine, it actually takes a di digital image of both sides, saves that image on the on the thumb drive, and we load those images and we use them as a backup in case there was a fire and something gets destroyed. Mm -hmm. I can reproduce those images. Um, but the, the other advantage of that is I post it, you know, probably about two or three weeks after the election, I post every image up on the web and you can click through each municipality. You don't know who vote, whose ballot it is, yeah. but you can match it to the election night results for any of the races. Interesting. So that's sort of the, the, I mean, that's somebody, if they wanted to, could go in and audit the audit, as it were. They could audit the audit. They could audit, you know, a race further down. You know, I know people look at it to see how many write-ins they got because they think they got a lot. They usually didn't, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah. that they're all kind of purposes. I, a lot of academics um, download them because they want to see, okay, if you voted for Trump, what did the rest of your ballot look like? And so they mm -hmm. like to put together... And do this sort of correlation do that analysis. Sort of, uh, analysis, yeah. yeah. So there's um, there's been a lot of interest in it, and and I think that sort of radical transparency is the best way to deal with 
with with uh, it's not just you know maybe we're gonna get it's also people who say we've been hacked when we haven't yeah I mean they're just as bad yeah so um, it works both ways yeah and and so you know you have these these securities to to securities I think in in some ways is a good thing but one of the, the counter issues that I've seen you know information from you about that you want to encourage discourage people from doing is taking uh, ba- uh, selfies with their ballots and I just wanted to you know, find out why that was and why that could be a problem. And I mean, I think there are some philosophical mm-hmm. issues underlying that. Are there um, security issues as well? You know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say security in sort of a general way, but I. Uh, and to be clear, it would be a completed ballot, so that you're showing that I voted for Bernie Sanders, whoever whoever mm-hmm. your candidate is. And the problem with that is. That's an easy way to be compensated for how you voted. Mm-hmm. So let's say you work at a workplace and your boss is the biggest donor in the state of Wisconsin to Donald Trump, and he's encouraging everybody to take the day off and go vote and post your b- selfie of your ballot to the county website or mm-hmm. Facebook page just to show that you voted. Well, they didn't say who to vote for. Um, and that, so that's why it's currently illegal to do that. Okay, so it's illegal to post right now. Selfie, it is, but yeah. there's a bill to say there's a bill pending that passed one house that says no, it's okay, you can do that. And I I find that to be a terrible slippery slope. I usually don't make slippery slope arguments, but in this case, normalizing pictures of your completed ballot is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, it's one of the the fundamental kind of. Uh, items of the election process, right, is a, a certain amount of, of pure privacy. I mean, I, in Wisconsin, I don't think we have the, at least the last couple of times I've, I've voted, we don't have the curtains in the, in the same way, but you have a, a paneled, uh, you know, side so nobody can, can cheat off your answers, as it were. Right. Um, and, and I think that idea of, of you know, security and, and protecting your own ballot and nobody knowing how you vote, you know, um, at least when I was growing up, it was kind of verboten to, you know, if ask, you could ask somebody if they had voted, but to ask who you voted for was sort of, you know, uh, not, not encouraged and, and, you know, was, uh, against social norms, we'll say, but, you know, social norms have clearly shifted, haven't they? Well, but you know, and maybe there would be a social pressure, but you can lie. Yeah. But not if you have to post it on the, yeah. you know, so that's, that's the issue I see there. And. Um, and, you know, it may not be your boss. It could be your family member. I mean, it could be your mom wanting the college kid to, before you get the check in the mail to vote for who <laughs> yeah. she wants. And, yeah. you know, that's just uh, we just need to put put the kibosh on that. Yeah. Now, I was thinking over the last eight years, you've seen a, a lot of changes. And, and I'll ask for uh, sort of other ones that you've seen. But one of the biggest ones is voter ID. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to, you know, there's some concern or uh, in interest uh, because we're shifting towards real IDs as well on a federal level. And you don't need a, a real ID to vote, right? What do you need to, to vote? No, I think almost overwhelmingly people will use a Wisconsin driver's license to vote. And um, you can also use a passport. You could use a military or veterans ID. You can, in some cases, you can use a student ID, but not you can here at Edgewood or at MATC, but you cannot at uh, UW-Madison. And um, maybe we don't have enough time on this podcast for that. But uh, <laughs> there, are, there, are, you know, there are a variety of IDs you can use, but for the most part it's going to be 
your Wisconsin driver's license, and you're right, it doesn't have to be, and it doesn't even actually have to be, it can be expired, although um, it's that period between that, the next general election, so you can't be expired forever, but, but um, yeah, I think Real ID is a concern. People have been trying to, for a variety of reasons, trying to get their Real ID maybe before it kicks in and there's long lines, but, um, you know, the the thing that worries me... And uh, you can use a state ID card. It doesn't have to be a state ID yeah, card. Driver's exactly. license, yeah. Yep, yep. And they even have now one where if you are, maybe if you're older, you can get a, a one that la- that can last forever if you kind of stop driving. So mm-hmm. um, the other thing you can do is you, if you vote absentee, you can take a picture of your ID, send it in to the municipal clerk, say Madison or wherever, and they keep that on file and they just can keep, it's a quirk in the law, they can keep using that forever. Oh, wow. So um, they keep that on file. So so some people get nervous about having these things around, which I kind of get, but but it would ensure that if you didn't have your ID, you could vote absentee. My, you know, I, I the thing that worries me the most is that there's a lot of confusion about voter ID. So we did a commission to study with UW-Madison, my office, to look at that, and what it found was that for everyone who... Um, actually doesn't have an ID to vote, but could vote if they have one. There's um, three more who think uh, their ID doesn't work. And usually it's the address has changed. Mm-hmm. But there, that's conflating registration with ID. You do not have to have your correct current address on your ID. And, uh, for, for example, passports don't have addresses on them. So that that's the, you know, the, the way the law was written was intentionally confusing and I think it does disenfranchise, um, you know, not a huge number of people, but... But it's the confusion that ends up uh, sort of inadvertently uh, disenfranchising people. And so if I want to check um, my voter registration status, how can I, how, how can I do that? How can, if I've moved, what should I do to, to make sure everything's in, in place? Yeah, the state actually has a really good um, website, my, uh, myvote.wi.com. Uh, gov and if you go to that you can find yourself and you can it does all kinds of things you can check your registration status you can look at what you what's on your ballot um, you can find your polling place you can if you request an absentee ballot you can track it to see where it is in the process um, so it's a great I use it all the time and everyone should do that there's been some mailings lately from the national level sort of implying that your registration might be you know, need to be updated. It's not wasn't the greatest mailing. Let's just put it that caused a little panic out there. But, but again, for you know, if you get something like that, don't don't immediately start sending something in. Go to to myvote.wi.gov. Yeah, and it, it seems like disinformation is probably as as big a problem as any sort of cybersecurity and um, or misinformation. Mis- I mean, like dis yeah. and miss because yeah. I don't think they meant to do that. Yeah, but it's sloppy. Yeah. Um, and, and that sort of misinformation, and all of those things have the, the same effect, which is kind of undermining our, our faith in, in elections, right? And, and in Wisconsin, I, I think we have a good record of, for the reasons you've identified, a very open and transparent election process. I, I mean, it's sort of one of our legacies as, as a state. Yeah, so far, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. It's, it's, it's us and, and kind of Minnesota have higher turnout rates, and I mean, same-day voter registration, that law um, is a great law. It really does make it easy for people to walk in and decide. Because what happens in other states is there's a cutoff, you know, 14 days, whatever it might be. 
And if you change your mind as the campaign starts to wind up and, you know, I want to vote, you're out of luck. And not in Wisconsin. You can come in and, and you can display, you know, something with your address on your phone, like your bank statement or something, and you can register to vote right there. Mm-hmm. And that, that's critical. It's actually, it's also a really good security feature because if, if they were to try to take out the voter rolls or, you know, mm-hmm. we have a way of getting around that built into our system. That and the open primary. So, you know, you get a ballot. You can choose what part of the ballot to fill out. I'm going to vote Republican. I'm going to vote Democratic. Not having to declare your party for a voter registration database is also a security feature. I always thought the easiest way you could mess with something is find out who you know are the Hillary supporters. In the you know you hack the DNC, you get their data, then you hack the voter database, and then you just flip mm-hmm. people from Democrat to Independent and a subset. And they'll say, I swear I registered. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, right, sure you did. Yeah. Um, but we don't have that problem. Yeah. And one of the advantages of the, the sort of open primary uh, system here in Wisconsin. So it's been eight years uh, that you've been in office. What's What other changes have you seen? I imagine that technology has really changed. Um, you know, cell phones were, were involved in 2012, uh, when you started, they probably didn't have the same level of, of prominence that they do now in our everyday life. So, and and I imagine likewise in the technology, things have changed. But is there anything that you know has stood out to you as a as a big surprise? You know, I mean, the technology tends to be kind of a circle. So we've we've been able to improve the the, the security and the quality of our technology, and so it's made things a lot easier in some ways. But but now here we are. My office even today was sort of a headache day of trying to get the newer, more secure pieces to work, and they weren't working very well. (laughs) That was not fun today, but I think it'll be all right. Um, So then, you know, it can go both ways or it can go in a loop. But to me, the, the thing that's really different from when I started is social media's effect and how much disinf- disinformation is spreading rapidly on social media. I know that happens everywhere in every kind of sector, but, man, it's like, you know, the media is calling me. I hear you've run out of ballots in Middleton. I'm like, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Why are you saying that? We saw it on Facebook. That's just completely false. Mm-hmm. And maybe they needed to go in the back and pull out some more plastic cellophane <laughs> ballots, <laughs> Yeah, and one person had to wait three minutes you know, yeah. but then it just spread, you know, and then there's like, oh, there's an armed officer intimidating people out in front of some polling place. I mean, like, I, and it can be good because then I can also spread information the other way back. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, the amount of um, pe- people don't understand how poll, I mean, poll workers do and people have been, you know, been involved. But if you're not, you don't know what they're doing. And so suddenly it's like a something is going on here. And yeah. Like, no, it's not, actually. Yeah. yeah. They're emptying out the ballot bin. They're putting it in a secure bag. That's what you're supposed to do on heavy turnout elections. And they're freaking out. Yeah, yeah. And that they're... And before, they couldn't tell everybody. <laughs> yeah, now it, now it spreads. Anna, how much uh, of, your, uh, of your day-to-day is dealt with, uh, you know, dealing with these kind of crazy, you know, social media conspiracy theories... You know, I, I imagine on elections, which are probably high stress to begin with, 
the last thing you guys want is to to have to deal with it. So I, you know, our our advice is to be careful what you share and what you spread. But um, just generally, does the the you know county clerk have have worries about these sorts of you know spring, you know th- something goes viral and and you guys get calls on it? Yeah, I mean, I think we do a lot of training on just the, the sort of disaster management, whatever that is. It could be a flood. And mm-hmm. we've had that, you know, it could be, um, snow. Have we had a, a, an election blizzard? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I almost died trying to drive out to black earth to replace the machine. And it was really bad. It was like, <laughs> my car was like, it was not doing well. And of course the, the best route had been blocked by some bridge maintenance and I had to go <laughs> through the hills and I was following my phone, which I shouldn't have been doing like how to get there. But you know, yeah. So we've had we've had some uh, some tricky situations, um, and a lot of it's weather related. Because guess what? That's going to happen. I mean, just yep. cycle through. But you know, we 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 practice. Um, mm-hmm. We practice for if we have to bug out of the city county building. You know, mm-hmm. with a gas leak or a bomb threat or. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, we try to make sure we can make we can have the election run. And you know, no matter what, and who supervises the the clerks? Who checks in on on who's your, you know, other than the people of of Dane County, obviously. Yeah, I don't who, I don't who? have a boss, but and, and no, I'm not the boss of like the town clerks, but you know, it is a we all work together, and mm-hmm. um, I am the chief election official. So if a decision has to be made, it falls I make to you. it. Yeah. But um, you know, I I don't try to. There is the Wisconsin, yeah. There is the Wisconsin Election Commission as well, mm-hmm. and do they do the sort of end auditing of of you guys? And they will do. Um, they will randomly select wards in every county to to audit, and it's it's a kind of considered a machine audit, but where they're making sure the machines are working properly. So um, mm-hmm. we do, and I order some on top of that, just because mm-hmm. I think we need more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the. But, uh, you know, we, we're an incredibly decentralized state at every level. And you can mm-hmm. just look at all the different forms of government we have. I think I was at the UW hospital one time and I saw like seven different cop cars <laughs> from different jurisdictions. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Um, but that's how we are. And, and as you said, for, for elections, that seems to be the, the, you know. It is a defense because yeah. it's easier to figure out some other state where it's simpler. Yeah. You know, yep. all the ballots come into, you know, one place in Ohio. Yeah. That does not happen here. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, hopefully there's not a gas leak there. That could that could really throw things off. Yeah. So uh, before uh, I let you go here, uh, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the changes. And over the last uh, eight years, one of the things that have changed is that, you know, Forward Madison has uh, moved into into town. Mm-hmm. And you actually have a long history with, with soccer in Madison. It's what kind of brought you here originally, isn't it? It, it was. I I went on recruiting trips. Um, I played goalie. And uh, I, I grew up in Maryland, and I came out to Wisconsin. My sister had gone here. And so I had a predisposition. My family was from the Midwest originally. Um and I had a good recruiting trip, and I decided that, and my mom was happy because it was a lot cheaper than some of the other <laughs> schools I was looking at. Um, you know, back then, Wisconsin only had five scholarships, so they were just shaving those things like sliced teeth, you know. 
can't even imagine. Prosciutto, like, yeah, oh that God. was pretty thin, yeah. So, but my, you know, my, unfortunately, you know, we could afford either way, and just the the tuition for UW was so much less. So that that was a good. That's how I ended up here, and uh, you know, and then when I was on the county board, I took a real interest in Bree Stevens because I felt as a player, having played there before they moved, the UW moved, we were over at Bree's. Um, what an underutilized asset, and you know what I mean. And it's unique in, in really in American sports in a lot of ways that you have a downtown sports facility like that. Yeah, the, of that size. Yeah. And, and, you know, originally it was baseball. It was um, a baseball field. That's what, But, you know, it doesn't really have a, a good right field. Yeah, it's distance, a short so, porch, as yeah, they say. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I did, I did work to get uh, – the, the press box and some of the locker rooms fixed up. We were trying to get WIA. I was on the Convention and Visitors Bureau board, too, and we were trying to get WIA back from Milwaukee, and uh, that was sort of the goal. And uh, the field turf went in. Um, and then my old coach, Jim Launder, who was coaching the 56ers pro team, you remember mm-hmm. that one yeah. for a little while? It, he he said, we really need a liquor license because everywhere else we go, they sell beer. Yeah. So I walked that through the process and got them a liquor license. Well... I, I think that was the key to this. Every, yeah. We all know how much that matters. If you yeah. go to a forward Madison game, yeah. if they took the beer out of that place, yeah. it would be empty. Yeah, well, I mean, I think most events in Wisconsin, I mean, you can't go to the, the you church. You can't go to a park now. Yeah, the, the church yeah, fish yeah, fry yeah. without exactly. a, yeah. So that was, uh, apparent. I think, you know, forget the press box and the locker rooms. You know. <laughs> that, was the, that was the number that was one the thing. Key. And uh, kind of a w- Wisconsin uh, Badger soccer legacy in in. Uh, local government as well. Ishmael Ozane Ish, yeah. was, uh, was a couple uh, years behind me. Yeah, player at uh, the UW as well. So you guys are Badgers are well represented in local government, and uh, we, uh, you know, and uh, Scott, uh, you know, attends all the forward games with me. So if you're, uh, you know, attending a game, you want to, he's around. And uh, this year as well at Forward Madison games, uh, we're going to be making an effort with uh, the flock to flock the vote uh, as well. So if uh, you're out at a Forward Madison game and you have questions and you want to you know find out about your registration if you make your way down to the flock end uh you can always check stuff there as well so um i'm thank- usually i'm usually behind the goal yeah either, you, either end usually hecking heckling the goalkeepers heckling the little, well yeah <laughs> I try to be creative about it <laughs> well know. as a former goalkeeper you know yeah it, it, and i think that with the heckling for goalkeepers it kind of works both ways it kind of psychs you up and in a slower game it, it it keeps you engaged and who uh you know I'm a little disappointed that Brian uh, and and Ryan aren't coming back in goal. Um, yeah, you know those are two big losses. Those are really steady goalkeepers. So we'll see who they come up with to to replace them. I think we'll have to get used to turnover as yeah. part of yeah. uh, the reality definitely part of, of it. D3. Um, and this is not my other podcast, the uh, you know Forward Madison podcast that I do. But uh, thanks again, Scott, for coming out and uh, for informing folks about what they need. Next election, the primary here is... Uh, the next one that everyone should make sure they vote for, February 18th, is a, a Supreme Court primary. And then uh, in November, the big one. In April would be the presidential. Presidential, and okay. Then the fir- yeah, and then, and, then, and then there's an August, which is usually not as many people voting on that one, but that, that'll decide. Like, for example, Mark Miller's seat is going to be up. So you'll see um, probably some competition for that and, and some other ones where there'll be primaries. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, November, wow. I mean, that'll be... Yep. 
That's that's the, be crazy town. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be your, your we, we will second be the center. One. I mean, we yeah. are the center of the universe. I mean, we are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. if, if whoever wins Wisconsin, if you look at the polls, wins the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. So uh, expect to be inundated with advertisements between don't now, skip, don't now skip and that November eighth. Yeah. And yeah. You, but uh, February uh, presidential primary in April, uh, yep. local election primary in August, and then the national, uh, the the whole enchilada yeah. in 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 November. Thanks again, Scott, and uh, this is uh, Give Me Some Truth. Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, Mitch DeWitt, and Keith Ponywise are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not provide any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.